This is David Lloyd, editor of There's Only One F in Fulham, and you are listening to the fabulous Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. Two shows in two days, you say? Yes, please. Obviously, we had no plans to record today, but the Fulham team had no plans to be playing away at Spurs on Wednesday evening until this afternoon either, so who has the rougher deal? We are, of course, here to preview said Spurs game. I've got Statu and Baldo Kins with me, so let's get on with it. Fulham. Well, at a time when people are barely allowed to leave their house in the UK, let alone go anywhere near a football stadium, football fixtures can change very last minute, and they have done this week, once again affecting Fulham. As those impacted members of our squad come out of COVID isolation, Aston Villa players are right in the middle of theirs. So their game at Spurs, scheduled to take place on Wednesday, has been postponed. And our match at Spurs, that was originally scheduled to be played a fortnight ago, will instead take place on the same evening. It's all very last minute, but presumably the ink is still wet on our plans to face Spurs anyway. How disruptive could this last minute change of plans be to the Fulham squad? Are there any positives we can possibly draw from such a last minute change of plans, Stato? Hey there. Um, I think you know, there's no doubt this is a very disruptive change um, in the world of elite sport. People like teams love doing their analysis days in advance to kind of figure out what type of tactics they'll play against their teams and what lineup they'll put up. So this is very last minute and very unusual. Um, but I'm sure you know at the start of the season, teams probably were told in advance that you know expect the unexpected. This is a season that's very unique. It's very unlike each other, and things like this were going to happen. So it's 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 not ideal, but I think it's the sensible option given how things have panned out for us with COVID and how things have gone for Spurs um, in their way. You know, from a Spurs perspective, they this is. The Villa game was the second game postponed for them. They have a massive fixture pile up coming away. So, you know, in a matter of speaking, it's a sensible option for us to play this game. It just wasn't ideal, the timing of this and how short, you know, this got announced. Baldo, give us something positive to cling on to. I mean, Spurs away is probably one of those games that we may have written off at the start of the season anyway, given the golfing quality between their squad and ours. But is there anything we can cling on to, to to look forward to, apart from the fact that Fulham are going to be playing in the Premier League again for the first time since before Christmas? Yeah, I think that the main positive is the fact that we've got this game out of the way. Because I know one of the main concerns when the Spurs game was initially called off was that, oh, we're going to have to play them, you know, from a Spurs angle, but we're going to have to play them during the middle of their Europa League run and they'll get a fixture congestion and all that sort of stuff. So I like the fact that we've brought it forward so we don't have to deal with it at the business end of the season. We can get it sort of out of the way. And I know um, Matt Arthur was talking there about you know teams having uh, preparations and getting everything ready. I think it's also a benefit that the fact it's a team we've already prepared for. It's not as if we're taking, you know, in the way the schedule would work, um, we're saying, oh, that Liverpool game we got to play in April, we're going to bring that forward. So we've only got two days to prepare for you know, a new opponent, so to speak. At least we can basically use what we had for preparation for Spurs, you know, from a couple of weeks ago. It's not that big. It's not that big of a deal. And I think in the main thing, Spurs, I, th- I think this is probably now now a good time to play them, if I'm if I'm being brutally honest. And it's a good time for us to get, we know that you've said the mentally, uh, yeah, you said the players are coming back from their COVID protocols. Everyone should be rested. Now, let's get it, you know, 
as I mentioned earlier. Let's get the game over with now whilst our players are somewhat fit, somewhat refreshed, rather than in the business end of April. So all those players that are coming back should be 100% ready to go. Yeah, I think um, Spurs are going to be quite well rested because I, I watched their game at Marine on Sunday afternoon and their reserve team basically took Marine to pieces as you would have expected them to do. Harry Kane didn't feature at all, wasn't even in the squad, so he'll be raring to go. But on the other hand, we we rested a lot of our players as well. And I wonder if it's going to be uh, smoke and mirrors a little bit, Stato, as to who's going to be available for Fulham and whether Spurs will even care which team we put out and put, put Potentially, Jose Mourinho would just think, well, it doesn't matter which Fulham team turns up because we've got the quality to beat them. But, you know, you, you just you just don't know which players are going to be available and, you know, whether whether we're going to have some players there that, that could potentially cause some problems. Yeah, for sure. I think, from again, from Spurs' perspective, they won't really care who he puts out there. Spurs, it's Jose. He just wants to get the win. So I don't think he's too phased by what team we put out. It's very interesting to see what we'll do, really. So, you know, in the FA Cup game, our first game back for about two weeks since COVID, we've had a few first-teamers. So, you know, players like Harrison Reed, Mitrovic, you know, they all got game time. And, you know, they're, teams you, they're players you'd expect to see in the first team. And then, you know, we had all the fringe players. We let them get some game time as well, as well as getting players like Tete and Congolo, you know, Judge tries to get back to fitness. Whether we played that team because it was an FA Cup game to let, you know, just because it's an FA Cup game because it's a championship opposition so we can rotate, or whether it's because of the team we had to put out because there's players still having to isolate, we we just don't know. And, you know, it's Scott Parker, he likes to keep his he likes to keep his cards close to his chest. You know, whenever he has a press conference, he doesn't give too much away. So, you know, we don't even know what type of team we'll put out on Wednesday. I'd like to think we have all of our first teamers back, but We'll just have to wait and see. But like Baldo said, if we have to put out a team of kind of fringe players against Spurs, it's not the end of the world because let's be honest, they're a top six team in form who are battling for the title. It's a game I don't want to say I don't want to say we're expected to lose, but it's one that we're probably not expected to win. So, you know, if we had to throw a game away, it would be a game against a top six opposition, I think. Well, I'll, I'll come back to you and ask you to predict the lineup a little later on in the show. And this is something that I've not put in the agenda, but I'm going to ask you both anyway, um, because we haven't faced Jose Mourinho for a little while. Um, can't remember. Maybe was he Manchester United manager a couple of years ago when um, when we played against them? He he was indeed. Um, it was one of his yeah. last games for United um, at Old Trafford mm. before he got sacked. I've got mm. a few stats about you know our record against Mourinho. If you want me to go into mm. them now, um, yeah, well, before you come on to the stats, I just want you to give me a one-liner about your thoughts about Jose Mourinho. Do you like him or do you hate him? I, I like him. I think he got the rough end of the stick at United, and he's an, he's an arrogant arsehole, But you know he's kind of that lovable arrogant arsehole. and you know he's. He's he's a winner. He's, he he loves to win, and if that means being an unlikable son, that's the way it goes. You know, that's that's you know the, the mentality of a champion, and that's what he is. And you, you can't deny his record. Some people might say he's finished, but you know the thing he's the stuff he's doing with Spurs is quite good, and it shows that he you know he might be on a resurgence, on a little Mourinho renaissance or something. And what about you, Baldo? Are you a fan of Mourinho? I, I like him. I think for most people, he's in that sort of Luis Suarez, Diego Costa. He gets on your nerves a little bit, but you'd absolutely love him. You'd, you'd love him to be in charge of your own team. Just because, as Stato said, his track record does speak for himself. You know, I know there's, there's always been talk about it, the fact that he likes Fulham a little bit because 
I think he liked the rivalry when he first came to Chelsea and all the atmosphere that we got. And then the fact that his kid was, is in the academy system. So he's always had that little bonding. So people have always said, oh, what if he comes to manage us someday? You won't have many Fulham fans, you know, arguing or saying, oh, I'm not going to turn up. If Jose Mourinho turns up to manage, you've got to love him. He's a good manager. Yeah, don't know your breath on him coming to manage Fulham anytime soon, though. Um, if either of you seen that all or nothing thing on Amazon Prime about Spurs with, with Mourinho? Yeah, yeah, it was a great documentary. I enjoyed um, it, yeah. It was really good. It was meant to be a documentary about Spurs, but when you took over, it was just the Mourinho documentary. And yeah. it was actually quite, quite a, you know, a fascinating insight into how he functions as a manager, how he motivates his players and how he kind of sets up his teams. And you can see that he's actually, he's actually a really nice guy. And, you know, if you saw him in the street, he'd probably take a picture with you. He's, he's just a, a nice down-to-earth person. But then when it comes to football, that's when he turns into, you know, what people perceive him as that arrogant, but that's you know, what he said, though, wasn't it? He, he sat there in front of his team and he said, lads, if you want to win, you have got to be a horrible C-U-N-T. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, uh, that's, he's, made a, he's made a career out of it. Definitely. I, I think I think Spurs this season, you can kind of see that there's a bit more bite to them now. There's a bit more kind of shit house and they're just a bit more bit more streetwise now and kind of moulded in the way that Mourinho would want them to be moulded in. So... Yeah, they're not to be underestimated in any way. Give us those Mourinho stats then, mate. Yeah, so um, it's kind of off the back of just kind of our record with Spurs overall, but I'll go into the Mourinho one. So um, we've actually only played him nine times. Um, so you know, there was his first stint in charge at Chelsea where we lost the majority of the games. But we did win one, though, and that's the only game we've ever won against Mourinho, and that was um, in March 2006. Um, 1-0 win at the Cottage. Uh, were either 17th. of you on the pitch afterwards? I'm just curious. Were either of you on the pitch when you won that one? No. I was I not was. there. I, oh, I was like you, 10 or something. You, did time, you say so. you were, Baldo? Yeah, I was on the pitch afterwards. Why not? You weren't, was that, guy in the, you, you weren't that guy in the green underpants stood in front of the Putney Inn <laughs> with your trousers around your ankles flicking the Vs, were you? I, remember someone um, doing that. I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> Must say, it was a, just about before my time. Was there a pitch invasion then? Yeah, Do you yeah, very, it? Like, very much. Afterwards, because there was a minor. Yeah, what just because minor. we beat, just because we beat Chelsea, or was it because we avoided relegation, or no, no, no? It was just it was because, because we beat Chelsea. Beat Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's the that's kind of the only win we've had against him. The only other result we got a draw against him back during his first stint at Chelsea. He then obviously came back as Chelsea manager, and um, he played us in one season before we went down in thirteen fourteen. Lost both games. And then the last time he played him was um, in that United game when we lost 4-1. Um, Abu scored a penalty, which is a rare occurrence. And that's actually the joint highest defeat we've had against Mourinho team, 4-1. The other time a 4-1 defeat happened was actually the first time he played Mourinho um, when he first came to Chelsea. So, yeah, it's not the best record against a manager. All right, mate. Well, Sticking on the subject of Jose for just a second, he called the Premier League unprofessional for leaving it so late to call the match off two weeks ago. Can he have any cause to moan about a late change of opponent, though? This this must work in Spurs' favour more than Fulham's, as they were already due to play anyway, whilst we weren't. What do you reckon, Baldo? Yeah, I think, you know, as, Stato, as Stato said earlier, you know, these professional footballs, they are creatures of habit, so they would have got, you know, the rest schedules and everything all sorted out, you know, 
the, the meals that they eat and when they need to hydrate, all that sort of science nonsense that I'm not smart enough to understand. They'd have got that all lined up, ready to go. Whereas we are now on you know, just about 48 hours notice, having to change the whole schedule. So, and you know, and we're talking about rest coming after QPR. Those players, you know, that may be coming into the first team may have been scheduled to be off today just while they're resting. Now, all of a sudden, they've got to come back and get back up to match fitness straight away. So, yeah, whilst the opponent is different, I think the match preparation, everything around that style, I think absolutely does favour Spurs. Looking at the fixture list now for Fulham as well, it's beginning to look somewhat congested, particularly given our progress in the FA Cup. Our schedule now looks like this. So Spurs away on Wednesday, Chelsea at home on Saturday evening, then Manchester United at home next Wednesday. Then we've got the FA Cup fourth round game that following weekend. And of course, I think the, the draw's taking place this evening as we record on Monday evening. So we don't know who we've got in that game yet. Um, then it's Brighton away the following Tuesday and West Brom away on the last Saturday of January. That's six games in 18 days, a game every three days. All right, we can discount the FA Cup game as we'll have no choice but to use the squad for that one. But January's become make or break all of a sudden, hasn't it? Those two games at Brighton and West Brom in particular look like must-wins. But Stato, do you think we're going to pick up any points at all from Spurs, Chelsea, Manchester United before those games? Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough. I think, you know, this could very well be the period of the season where it kind of makes or break, breaks our season. And it's not even January, so we've got Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday in January. But then that continues into February as well, because after that Saturday in January, it's a game on Tuesday and then a game on Saturday. And then if we progress to the fifth round of the FA Cup, it's a game midweek again and then a game Saturday. So, that, you know, the, if we win the FA Cup, the, the next time we'll have a week-long break isn't until the 13th of February. And, you know, that's it's a grueling set of fixtures for us. I think if we break it down, though, you know, these next three games and you know, these next nine days, I don't want to say you can write them off, but it's, it's Spurs, Chelsea, United... I think if we were to get anything from those games, you know, that's a bit of a bonus. Um, kind of, it's it's a tough period, but the standout fixtures are those Brighton's and that those Brighton and West Brom game. We have to win those games. If we don't, then I think that could be curtains for us. You know, we can lose Spurs, we can lose Chelsea, we can lose United because that's kind of expected. And that's the way it will go. But Brighton and West Brom, you know, it's late January. But you know they are six pointed games, and they're ones that we must win. And it's a bit unfortunate for us that we have to play both those games in the space of four days. So it's going to be a huge, huge ask from our squad and from Parker. At Baldo, we had we had Leicester, Man City, Liverpool at, at one point a few weeks ago, and Everton all all back to back. And we looked at those games and thought, well, where are the points coming from? We need to, we need points from that Everton game. And then we ended up uh, beating Leicester away and getting a point from Liverpool at home as well. So it is possible. How do you see these these next three going? Yeah, it is possible. I'm, I'm, you know, we've said about Spurs, you know, it's a free hit, one of those games you expect to lose. I don't think these games, you know, Spurs have had their moments where we, where you know, throughout the season, where they have looked vulnerable. Chelsea have had their moments, and Man United, you never know what's going on. You know, with that cycle of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, when they're good, when they're bad. For all we know, they may hit it just as they're hitting us. So I don't think it's necessarily a case of let's throw them all away and just focus purely on those that six point, those twelve pointers against um, Brighton and West Brom. So I do think there is a chance for us to get something out of these games. 
I, I honestly think we're going to get. We're, I honestly think we're going to get a draw at least out of one of them. I can't tell you which, but we're going to get a draw out of them. And then it is just a case of do we have enough morale out of it? Because if we do go against Spurs, Chelsea, Man United, and get tonked four nil, four nil, four nil, then you've got to come. You know, what's the squad going to be like going into those West Brom and West Brom and Brighton games? You know, they may not be in a position. You know, they may not be happy enough to to pick up to pick up anything. So that's my main concern. I think. I always say it, but it's kind of the manner in which we lose if we do lose those games. And I think three, four nils will definitely be a real kick in the balls to our season against against these teams. You know, I could I could probably accept three one nils if, you know, we, we give a good account of ourselves. That being said, I would like to see us start scoring some goals as well. So I don't know. Coming coming on to scoring goals though, Scott Parker said he wants to get a striker in in January. And it looks like Mitro may have a hamstring or a glute injury anyway. If we get somebody in before the end of the month, Stato, it could be a chance for a new hero to emerge this month, couldn't it? Absolutely. Whoever we get in, we've been linked with various names at this point. Um but whoever we get in they will need to hit the ground running for us because we're not scoring goals at the moment. You know, we scored one against Liverpool and we scored an own goal against Newcastle, but that, that's it in recent memory. And like I said, if we lose three, if we lose these next three games 1-0, sure, we lose 1-0, but that's still another three games where we're just not scoring goals. So, you know, whoever we do get in, they need to get in and they need to make an instant impression. So, you know, no pressure, whoever that's going to be. Have we got any names that we've been linked with? I, I haven't really had my ear to the ground at all I've, I've i've sit here whilst i'm working and i have sky sports news on and they they talk about us very sporadically but not really with with any firm links to any players at this point um i think the most concrete link at the moment is dwight gale which you know it's oh. it's an okay it's an okay signing but at oh, 31 the, years old oh 31 i was it, gonna say what's he 46 now he's been linked with us every, <laughs> every year for god knows how long yeah, I, I, th- I think the way we are at the moment financially, I remember what Parker said, we can only get loans in at the moment. We may be able to buy someone if we move a few players on, like Seri, Steph, Joe, K-Mac. Maybe if we can raise some funds, we might be able to buy someone in, but we can only loan players in. Add into that, we can't loan in any Premier League players because we've got a maximum of two in Loftus-Cheek and Lamina. That leaves us with either being only able to loan in players from Europe or further abroad, like the Chinese Super League or the MLS or something like that. Um, so, you know, our options are quite limited. You know, we've got players from the championship linked as well, like Josh King, uh, Armstrong. But again, it's whether we have the funds to actually buy players and that's quite unclear at the moment. So it's it's a tough one. And the January yeah. transfer window always is. Has anyone got Lazar Markovic's number? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he's up to nowadays. I don't know. I think I saw him working yeah. in a petrol station the other day, just up the road from me. <laughs> but he just hangs out at Mitro's house or something. It's his best mate. Oh, don't, don't go there. We won't have any anybody hanging around uh, Mitro's house. <laughs> after what happened All the on house New parties. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> what about you, Baldo? Have you heard any other names? Um, no, I th- I th- the, the only one that has been sort of brief mentioned uh, is has been Ryan Babble. But if we're putting our faith and staying up on him again, like we did in 2018-19, I think that sort of shows just how desperate, desperate we have become. Yeah, as as Arthur said, the situation that we're in, you know, financially and in terms of where we are in the Premier League, getting targets is going to be very, very hard for us to get. So you got so it's either going to have to, you know, the force is going to have to come from within, or it's going to be, you know, 
clutching at straws. Take your pick. And you, as you said, Stan, no pressure coming in. There's all the pressure in the world for every, anyone who's coming in because they know just how bad we are and you know all the expectations are going to be coming on them. I think I think Tony Khan, he kind of just pull a rabbit out of the hat. So you look at players like Lukman and Ariola, they play for they played for you know big European clubs, but they just weren't getting minutes. So if you're Tony Khan, you need to be looking at kind of the big European teams and then look at kind of players who aren't playing much for them and would be willing to get some game time in the Prem. And that's quite a quite a niche kind of criteria there, but I don't know. Hopefully, you can pull a rabbit out of the hat and get someone in, but I just I don't know who at this point. Ross McCormack's not playing for Aldershot Town. Let's get him back. He knew where the net was. <laughs> oh, isn't Barry Hale still playing? Ross McCormack knows where McDonald's is as well, mate. You, you meet him down there most lunchtimes, don't you? I do, exactly. I know he's a, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> Come on, stats. Hey, give, give us the stats for spares. Yeah, so um, I did the record against Mourinho earlier. So let's just look at our record against Spurs overall, and it's it's not good viewing. Let's be honest. So um, we've 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 only won eighteen games against them ever, whereas Spurs have beat us fifty one times. Recent history is not that great. So you know we've lost the last five games against Spurs, four of those in the league, and one in the FA Cup back in two thousand seventeen, I believe. Um, our last win against them came in March 2013, which was also our last win at White Hart Lane. I know it's a new White Hart Lane, but you know, it's it's the last time we won away at Spurs. Um, won the win, 52nd minute goal from Berbatov. Um, funny enough, Scott Parker played a full 90 minutes for Spurs that day. That shows how long ago it was. Um, before that, we went 10 games without actually getting anything against Spurs. So, you know, we won back in 2013, then we go backwards, we don't win anything. And then we got that win in 2008 when uh, Huelio Gomez had that kind of disaster class in go for Spurs at the cottage. Um, goes from Simon Davis and Andy Johnson. Um, looking back kind of just more earlier to our earlier days in the Premier League, early 2000s, it was actually more evenly matched. So it's when Spurs kind of weren't the powerhouse that they are now. So between the years of 2002 and 2006, we played Spurs eight times in the league and we actually managed to win five of those. And we only lost just two. So you know, it's more evenly matched back then, but you know, times have changed. Um, we've yet to play Spurs at the new White Hart Line Stadium, of course. Um, but our away record isn't great nonetheless, where we've only won three matches in 32 games that dates back to 1948 against Spurs. So it's not looking great, but hey, stranger things have happened. Um, just looking at Spurs' kind of season and how they're progressing so far this year. So last year, um, they averaged two points per game. They're actually averaging less at the moment on 1.8, but you know that could be due to a lack of games and kind of the unpredictability of the league this year so everyone's not doing as good as they were so Liverpool aren't running away with it it's a lot tighter this year so therefore less average points they're scoring less goals per game so last year they were averaging 1.9 goals per game uh, this year they're on 1.8 but they are conceding a lot lot less now and you know that's typical Mourinho park the bus attitude because obviously he came in halfway through last year took a while to integrate his style of play now a lot more sharp shops. So last year they were averaging, they were conceding at least 1.2 goals per game. Now it's 0.9, so we may not even score against them. Um, and they kept, they've kept clean sheets in 38% of their games so far this season. 
Um, of course, they've only lost three games so far. So the back-to-back defeats against Liverpool and Leicester recently, and the opening day defeats at Everton. So you know they're not out of form, but you know the odds are particularly in form at the win at the minute. Um, if they do win, this goes back to the whole Jose Mourinho mantra of parking the bus. Five, I'm sorry, uh, three out of their eight wins have come from one goal winning margins. But conversely, a lot of their goal games have come from more than one goal winning margins, and you know, that's partly due to the partnership of Harry Kane and Son, which we'll get onto later. And we'll, anyone who knows football is all too familiar with how good that partnership has been this season. Um, and you know, just looking at how many goals they've conceded. 73% of the goals that they do concede do come in the second half. So if we want to score, it's going to be in the second half. And the main kind of outlier there is that most of the goals that they do concede come within the 76th to 90th minute mark. So if we do score, it will come late on. Looking at some of their players, there's, there's only kind of two to highlight, and that's Harry Kane and Son Hyung Min. Um, their partnership this season has been one of the best, if not the best, the Premier League has ever seen. They've already combined for 11 goals this season, which is the joint most in any season ever, and with only 16 games in. So they, you know, it's one of the best partnerships we're probably likely to see. Um, Kane himself is currently on 10 goals and 11 assists. The 10 goals is kind of par for the course for him at this point. Uh, the 11 assists, though, he's never had this many assists in the league ever. So to already be on 11 is quite something. It kind of comes back from him playing this more deeper playmaker role that Hose is playing him in, that he's kind of excelling in. Uh, Son himself is on 12 goals and five assists. Uh, he's only two goals away from his best ever goal record. So it kind of shows how kind of on form these two players are. And keeping them quiet is going to be some job for our defence on Wednesday, um, it'll probably be most likely be to, them, them to an attack with either one of Lucas, Bergwijn, Bale, Lamella, even, maybe even Deli Alley um, in the front three. Um, and the only other player I've highlighted because he's, since he's come in, he's been quite a big impact for Spurs is Pierre ML Hoiberg. Um, signed from Southampton, he's this no nonsense um, midfielder, put, likes to put in the tackles, shield the defence. And the stats show it, you know, 2.9 tackles per game, 1.3 interceptions per game. He has played all 16 games for Spurs this year and only him, Kane, Son and uh, their goalkeeper Lloris have done that so far, which kind of shows how important he is to this Mourinho team. All right, mate. Good stuff. Thank you very much for that. Well, let's get it back on to Fulham then. Baldo, I'm going to ask you first to predict the lineup. Quite a difficult one to predict this time, I think. Yeah, it will be because we've got to go. You, you want to say an unchanged side from the Premier League, which has been such a long time, and not can't remember exactly what it was. But what the team play, that played against Southampton, and again, assuming everyone has come out of their COVID issues, because there were a bunch of positive tests come out today about it. I think we, for as much as we can, stick to the team that played against Southampton. So that's Adrobio, Aina, and. Anderson and Anthony Robertson, you know, across across the back. Um, Lookman will probably be back up top with Caviero, then Reed, or the two Reeds in midfield as well with Zambo and Gisa. Um, so make a formation out of that. But that will probably be what we go back to. Yeah, I think that it will be, I think what we'll see is what we, what we had back in the Premier League, um, depending on whether we have all of our players back from uh, the COVID test results. I think Mitro, looking at his hamstring, I think it's safe to say we can rule him out for this game. 
hopefully it's just a minor injury, which means we will see Cavalero up top. Um, hopefully it'll just be Anderson out of a bio back and centre back, like Aldo said. Wouldn't mind to see Kenny Tete get a start. I would quite like to see him play in that um, Bobby Decadova Reed white wing back row. And then I'd like to see Bobby kind of shifted further forward um, in a front three with Lookman and Cavalero with Angisa, Lemina um, in midfield. So, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping we have all options available, but uh, we just don't know at this point. Before we know, we could see like, the resurgence of Jean Macau Seri come in, but hey, who knows? I doubt it. He's not in the twenty-five man squad. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he can he can he can get swapped in if needed, but um, let's hope not. So it is a shame with that guy because he's obviously a quality player, but just it hasn't it hasn't happened for him for whatever reason, and he's going to go. Um, that, that's a good point as well because Lamina didn't play against Southampton because he was because uh, he's on loan from Southampton, so he wasn't available for that one. So you, you'd expect him to be back. But just in that Southampton game, from what I remember of it, it wasn't great. We didn't particularly pe- perform that well. Um, and uh, I'd uh, yeah, if we do put the same team out, then we're, we're going to have to do better to get anything against Spurs because arguably Southampton should have beaten us. But anyway, let's let's come on to a score prediction and bring this to a close then. So, Baldo, what, what are you thinking? I think we so long as so long as we can keep ourselves in the game for as long as possible, I think we've got a chance. But I do think towards the end it'll just be it'll just be far, far too much. So I reckon we'll probably get away with a get away with get away with a one nil loss, personally. Okay. All right. How about you, Stato? What are you thinking? Yeah, so I think there's there's no denying that we're now a lot more solider in defense. We're a lot more solid in defense. Um, so you know we, we will be will be quite hard to break down. But there's no denying that Kane and Son are some of the best in the world right now. And no matter how good we're being, it's going to be tough stopping them. So I think I think a, a two, maybe a three nil loss. I can't really see us scoring because we're not really offering anything at the moment. And a final a final defeat may seem bad, but I think on the face of it, I think we won't play badly. We'll play well, but that quality from Spurs will just you know overpower us. I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a one all, and my reasoning behind that is just because I think that the preparation has been so disrupted for both sides. And all right, we've spoken at length about how it's probably going to favour Spurs more so than Fulham, but at the same time, I think the pressure's probably more on Tottenham to get a result against us as well. Um, just because of where we are in the league and, and what they're fighting for and how kind of difficult to break down we are um, at times these days. And you never thought you'd hear, hear yourself say that back at, um, back in August. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a one all. No idea who's going to score, but that'll do me. Very bold. Very, very bold. <laughs> Yeah, very bold indeed. All right, let's leave it there. There'll be yet another show this week on Thursday, which was due to be the Chelsea preview, but it has, of course, now evolved into the Spurs reaction Chelsea preview hybrid. J-Mac will be your host for that one, so don't forget to tune in. I'll be back next Monday morning for some Chelsea reaction and a Manchester United preview, so speak to you all then. Cheers. Fulham.